Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. How'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. They say that time heals all wounds. That's what they say anyway. It it somewhat applies to a particular pick that the birds made on night two of the NFL draft in 2020. Uh, I'm sure without even going any further, it's kind of a given what pick that is. We will get to that here momentarily, however. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to episode four of the Grease Pole Podcast. As always, you can hit me up on Instagram at Grease Pole Podcast. Questions, comments, ideas, feedback, anything, it's all welcome. All welcome. Con- comment section, whatever you feel like. Uh, always open. Always appreciate any feedback. Again, follow the show at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram. Uh, so your boy, what was this? I remember. Okay, so episode three, the Friday, the day after uh, the first round of the draft, sitting here and going, I remember closing episode three with, man, I can't wait to see what Howie Roseman's going to do tonight, meaning night two, round two and three. And then... uh you know, a few hours later, after a few Jack and Cokes sitting there and uh, immediately, immediately being just a whirlwind of emotion and being by far the most pissed off I've been as an Eagles fan this side of Super Bowl 52. So, again, we'll get to that in a second. Let's just run through the draft real quick. Uh, I will get to the pick that shall remain nameless here momentarily. In round three, 103rd overall, the Birds took Davion Taylor, linebacker out of Colorado. Love it. Round four, 127th overall, Kayvon Wallace, safety out of Clemson, one of my favorite picks in the draft. Also, the first safety the Eagles have taken out of Clemson since the GOAT Weapon X, Brian Dawkins. Very, very obscure fact, and it's one of those that you kind of see on, you know, random fact sites and shit like that, and it's like, who keeps up with this? But you see it. And especially when it links back to number 20, pretty awesome. 145th pick overall in the fourth round. Jack Driscoll, offensive tackle out of Auburn. He was a starter at Auburn. They were a top 10 team last year, hovered right around the top 10 anyway. Always good to add O-line depth. All about that pick. Awesome. Round 5, 168th overall. John Hightower, wide receiver out of Boise State. Speed. Round 6, 196th overall. Sean Bradley, linebacker out of Temple, a.k.a. Philly U. Love, love this pick. Single-digit number guy at Temple. Temple tough. Love that pick. Local kid. Round 6, 200 pick overall. Quez Watkins, receiver out of Southern Miss. Again, another speed guy. Round 6, 210th pick overall. Prince Tega Wanogo, offensive tackle out of Auburn as well. Jack Jersel's teammate. Uh, this is a value pick. Very, very, very good value pick. Uh, he's got some injury stuff. That's why he dropped to the 210th pick. If not, this is a guy who you would have seen off the board the previous night in round two and three. No question about it. Love that value. Love the depth it adds to the offensive line. For Carson Wentz or whoever's 
back there taking snaps now, right? That pick as well. And the Birds also acquired Marquise Goodwin uh, from the 49ers for a swap of six-round picks. So just quickly right there, observe, it, it, it doesn't take a brain surgeon. That's speed. That's what Howie Roseman is trying to add uh, to this offense. Is a speed element. He's looking at, you know, you look around these at these teams now that are super successful, and you look at the receiver, the the lack of depth that there was last year for this team, you know, to where Carson Wentz was having to throw to Acme Stock Boys in the playoffs in December to even get into the playoffs. That's not going to be an issue now. You know, again, with, with all the receivers that were taken, all the speed that was added to this offense, three that were drafted, four if you include uh, the Goodwin trade, that's four fast receivers that were added right there if you include Jalen Rager, who's a first-round pick, obviously. So, a lot of speed to this offense, looking to fly up and down the field, plenty of targets for Carson Wentz to where if somebody goes down, you know what I mean, Deshaun Jackson gets tweaked again, you got guys to fill in for him. And not lose that element of guys that can take the top off the defense. That's why you see these picks you do at receiver. Nothing but speed to take the top off the defense, potentially. <clears throat> so, let's get, let's get to the elephant in the room. Let's get to the elephant in the room. So after sitting around Friday, getting geared up for what we were going to do in round two of the draft again, because as we said, there was you go into the second round of the draft, there was still a ton of talent on the board, a ton of talent. And you're just waiting for the 53rd pick to come around to see what Howie Roseman's going to do. You know, a couple guys that I had kind of hoped would be there at 53 had started to uh, started to go off the board, guys like Grant Delpit, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., you know what I mean? There were there was a lot of guys there that personally were high on my my big board, my wish list, if you will, uh, who started to go right around the mid-40 range, early 40s, mid-40s, which somewhat limited the options. But again, at 53, there was still a lot there, man, a lot. And with the 53rd pick, Philadelphia Eagles selected Jalen Hurts, quarterback out of Oklahoma. And I remember watching it. I was watching the draft with my brother-in-law and a buddy of mine. And when that pick was made, you know, all eyes in the room go to you. You know what I mean? Oh, shit. What's he going to do? Because, again, you know, I know we're only in episode four of this thing, but if it, you'll find out eventually. I'm a in, in avid Carson Wentz defender love my guy so and I, in fact I've defended him to both of these guys so when that pick was made you could just feel the look you know what I mean and I, I couldn't do anything man in all honesty but just stare blankly at the television for at least 30 seconds I didn't move because I just I, 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 I was frozen in awe if I'm being completely honest, not trying to be over dramatic or anything like that, did not see this coming in a million fucking years. Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. Carson was just signed to a four year, $128 million deal, $66 million guaranteed before this past season. You know, he signed through 2024. You, you just invested that much in your, in your quarterback, the franchise. And this is the move that you make. It, 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 it shocked me because I was sitting there looking at the board as, as the birds were on the clock. And, okay, again, my, my they're going to the second round, uh, admittedly was Grant Delpit, that I thought maybe had a chance to fall a little bit because he had, he had fallen a lot 
he was a guaranteed first-round lock if you go back six months. And he kind of started to fall down the board a little bit, did delp it. You know, maybe not the best tackler. You know what I mean? He was kind of a kind of a faller where other guys were risers at the safety position. So, therefore, you kind of see him fall down the board, not necessarily even because of his own doing, but by default. And wanted him to fall. He didn't. He went, I believe it was 44 overall to Cleveland. You know, but still looking at who was there at 53, a couple guys that jumped out to me that I thought made all the sense in the world for this team. Again, going back to how much Howie Roseman emphasizes the trenches. A.J. Epinesa, defensive end out of Iowa, wasn't my favorite guy. You know what I mean? Fringe first rounder. Productive career at Iowa, streaky, didn't have the best combine, but at the 53rd pick, you get value there. He goes the very next pick, 54 overall to the Buffalo Bills. Why not double down on receiver in a deep receiver class? Why not? Get you two top 10 receivers. You got Jalen Rager the night before. You can get Denzel Mims here at 53. Nope. He goes 59 to the Jets. Joe Douglas, Howie Roseman's protege, takes him. Joe Douglas, side note, killed it in the draft. And I've said that. This, this, this. I know it's popular to shit on the Jets, but I'm telling you, and this isn't a Jet podcast, so I'm not going to go a ton into it, but it still applies to the Birds because Joe Douglas is their GM. He's going to have that team right in a couple years. If you look at what they did in the draft, absolutely love what Joe Douglas did. You can tell him learning underneath Howie Roseman, even though I'm about to shit on Howie Roseman, (laughs) him learning at his knee is going to bring the Jets, I'm not going to say back to prominence because they haven't been prominent since fucking Joe Namath. And even he is a fraud, is a Hall of Famer, throwing more interceptions and touchdowns. But regardless, Denzel Mims goes 59 overall to the Jets. Corner had been addressed in free agency. Darius Slay, big money deal, big transaction, big trade. Extended him as well. Nicole Roby Coleman, the slot god. But you still, another corner wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt. Injuries happen. You got teams that are going, you know, three, four wide. Spread the perimeter. Spread the, you know, spread the field out. That's what the game is in 2020. Another corner wouldn't hurt. There's Christian Fulton sitting right there, corner out of LSU. Now, <coughs> again, I'm not a big Christian Fulton guy in terms of, of of tackling. If you watch his tape, he's not not a great tackler, but he's good in coverage. And when you've made the moves that the birds have at safety, moving Jalen Mills, and you've got Rodney McLeod still back there bringing him back, I think it's okay to take a flyer on Fulton at 53 overall. Just for the sheer coverage ability, again, the value right there. Having a possible first round, you know, guy with a late first, early second round grade on him fall to you in the middle of the second round. Christian Fulton goes 61st overall to the Titans. Guy I was huge on. We touched on him in episode two. Jeremy Chin, safety out of Southern Illinois. Love this guy's game. Love this guy's game. And again, you know, going back to the, the, the transition from Mills to safety and keeping McLeod, it wouldn't hurt to have a guy like Jeremy Chin back there. You know, it's a death piece, if anything else. Let him develop since he went to school at a smaller school. Let him adjust to the NFL game. Jeremy Chin goes 64th overall to the Panthers. Logan Wilson, linebacker out of, 
uh, Wyoming, another guy I was huge on. Linebacker was a huge position of need going into this draft. It needed to be addressed. Now, we didn't know at the time, at the 53rd pick, that it would be eventually. But Logan Wilson was one of my top five linebackers in this draft. He ended up going first pick of the third round, 65th overall to Cincinnati. Hell of a draft by the Bengals, by the way. Also, Zach Bond looked very, very good to me at 53. You know, you, you, you see how far he fell down the board. He goes 74th overall to the Saints. Great value by New Orleans. New Orleans, with only having four or five picks in this draft, New Orleans hit a fucking home run with everyone. Everyone. Quality over quantity. You know, and I hate giving the Saints props for shit because Sean Payton throws a temper tantrum every single time they get bounced out of the playoffs. Like, they haven't been – like, they weren't beneficiaries from shady shit on the referee's behalf. They got their first and only Super Bowl championship from that that game against the Saints, the Bounty Gate. It was blatantly obvious that something was off. They get Zach Bond 74th overall. So, again, my point is at 53rd overall – those were all guys to me, and I thought it might have been a little early maybe for a Logan Wilson. I thought he was kind of like a like a third-round guy, mid-third round, maybe early fourth. You know what I mean? Made all the sense in the world at 65 for Cincinnati because they know they're not, they're not a team that makes moves up or down the draft board, so they know if we don't take him here, he's not going to be there at the beginning of day three. So he makes all the sense in the world for them at 65. 53 might have been a little rich for him, but still, I'd have been, I'd have been fine with it. All these guys on the board at 53. These were all options I was looking at. Again, A.J. Appanessa, Denzel Mims, Christian Fulton, Jeremy Chin, Logan Wilson, Zach Bond, all value, save for maybe Logan Wilson, a little bit of a reach, but again, it's a need, skill position that you need to address. And you go quarterback. You go quarterback there. Now, the reports have come out since uh, that if Jalen Hurts was not there at 53, and I thought for sure – I had said in conversations my brother-in-law and I had leading up to the draft, you know, one of the fun topics was, hey, well, who do you think Jalen Hurts is going to go to? Jalen Hurts felt to me like a Pittsburgh pick. He felt like a guy, because Mike Tomlin likes to kind of get those, you know, day two, day three kind of, you know, guys with a nice college resume, you know what I mean, that, that, that look really good if you're just looking at the draft recaps. Benny Snell last year was one, fourth round out of Kentucky. Loved that pick. He didn't really do a whole lot this past year. You know, but I loved watching Benny Snell at Kentucky. He felt to me, Hertz did, as a Pittsburgh Steeler pick. I felt he was going to go 49th overall to Pittsburgh. They ended up going with Chase Claypool, wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Uh, and I, I, I'm curious, again, if, if, if Hertz wouldn't been there, the reports were – that the picks would have been the pick, excuse me, at fifty three would have been either J.K. Dobbins, running back out of Ohio State, or Jeremy Chin. More than likely, Jeremy Chin, which again, as high as I was on him, would have fucking given me a hard on. Especially you compare that to the pick that was ultimately made. Now, naturally, this was one of the, you know. One of the one of the more headline grabbing picks, if you will, of the second day of the draft, at least up to this point, even through the entire draft. You know, and again, this is this is coming off of a 
of a first round where the Packers traded up to take Jalen Love, the, or excuse me, Jordan Love, not Jalen. There's a ton of Jalens in Philly now. I had Jalen on the brain. Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State, traded up to get him the previous night, Thursday night in the first round, a 26 overall. And again, the Packers right now, I, it, it, if you're Green Bay, if you're Aaron Rodgers, it, it, your, your team could not in the most receiver-rich draft, possibly in the history of the draft, as long as they've been doing this thing, you couldn't get this guy one receiver when you were in the NFC Championship game last year. Now we're going to take your replacement. We're going to do the same shit to you that you did to Favre. But, but, as stupid as that pick was, as dumb as that pick was, at least Rodgers is 36. At least Aaron Rodgers is 36. So he's getting up there in age. He's had a little, you know, injury stuff, broken collarbone, things of that nature. So at least you could look at it and say, well, maybe if he gets dinged up again or whatever the case may be, we'll give him three more years and we'll see what the kid out of Utah State can do. At least Rodgers is older. Wentz has not had the age factor. Now, I know what the hot button is. Everybody's going to say, well, Wentz can't stay healthy. Rodgers has played 16 games for the majority of his career each season, save for a couple. Wentz can't stay healthy. That's why they did this. Well, you know, again, he played 16, all 16 games of regular season last year, started all of them. The injury he suffered last year, then it's, oh, you get him to the playoffs, and then he gets hurt, huh? Look, man, Jadavion Clowney fucking – you know, Wentz is falling to the turf. Jadavion Clowney dives at the back of his dome and bounces his head off the fucking off the turf like a basketball. It, 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 it explained to me how Wentz is at fault for that, please. And again, I I'm it, I'm captain of the Wentz defending team here. But again, I don't know. Explain to me how that has anything to do with Carson Wentz being injury prone. It's not his fault. Not his fault. It was a cheap shot. It should have been flagged. He should have been fine. Neither happened. So that has nothing to do with Wentz being injury-prone, that one. I will give you the torn ACL. I will give you the back. But, again, after those, stayed healthy, full 16 games, gets concussed. What are you going to do? We're going to put that on him? Now, the quote from Howie Roseman, hey, what the hell with this pick? Howie Roseman says, we want to be a quarterback factory. What in the fuck is a quarterback factory? You can only, unless you're the Saints, okay, we'll get to that in a second. You can only play one on the field at the same time. And here's, hold that thought on the Saints. Because, again, Howie says, you know, the quarterback factory quote, we would be a quarterback factory. And then, you know, it emerges that that the role for Jalen Hurts uh, was described as, quote, Taysom Hill on steroids. Okay, so again, here goes another reference to the Saints. And immediately as soon as that pick came, I had Taysom Hill pop in my head, and I fucking hate that guy. You know, and, and, and first of all, in terms of a pure quarterback, Jalen Hurts is, is – I, I think he's better than Taysom Hill. He can actually throw. He's a better pure passer than Taysom. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that wildcat shit. Some double throws apparently was thrown out there. Philly special – esque type plays, trickery, things of that nature, misdirection with Jalen Hurts. 
supposedly looking at trying to find a functional role for both guys on the field simultaneously, meaning Hertz and Carson Wentz. <clears throat> now, my problem is <laughs> when you – if you can get them both on the field at the same time, that's fine. I mean, it's a gimmick, but it's fine. Because theoretically, and this is what people – when you do this Taysom Hill offense thing, if you're the Saints, okay, first of all, when he's on the field – it it, it 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 alerts the defense, okay, we're, we're goofy shit's about to happen. Not only that, but when they leave Breeze on the field and they line him up outside on the perimeter, you're basically playing with a 10-man offense because Breeze isn't doing shit. <laughs> you put Drew Breeze out there, he's not going to be running go routes and, you know what I mean, crossers. He's not. That's not what Drew Breeze is going to do. So you're playing with a 10-guy 10, 10 offense. This is my opinion. And so, yeah, it's cute to do the gimmick here and there, once, twice a game, maybe three times. Taysom Hill's that pesky guy that comes in and vultures a touchdown from you in fantasy if you have Drew Brees as your quarterback and it makes you want to fucking break shit. So that's the role that allegedly Hurts is going to have, that on steroids. (laughs) I want to remind you, though, Taysom Hill, for whatever you think about him, he was undrafted out of BYU undrafted (laughs) he did not get drafted the saints just lucked upon this shit hey we'll take we'll pick him up as a you know as a ufa and undrafted free agent and we'll see what we can't do with them sean payton got cute he started fiddle fucking around and he stumbled across this jalen hurts second round pick (laughs) using a second round pick on a guy when you have needs, legitimate needs on your team, and you're still, I think we'd all agree, this is still a, 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 the NFC is by far more busy in terms of contenders than the AFC is, Super Bowl contenders. The AFC, you got what? Kansas City, Baltimore. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you want to put Pittsburgh back in there, if they're going to get fat-ass Big Ben back. I, I don't really put him in that category anymore, although hats off to the cheerleader Tomlin for getting them to be 8-8 eight and eight last year with their fiasco situation at quarterback and Mason Rudolph getting brain damage. But I think if, if, if you're going to do this, that's fine. But again, Taysom Hill's undrafted. This is something the Saints just happen to pick up as they go. Now you take Hurts, it sends a signal to everybody what you have in mind and in credit to because my first thought out of anger and again a lot of this was the booze talking to and feeling for my guy because again you've got a my first reaction was if I were Carson Wentz I would ask for a trade now again this is why I'm glad this episode was not recorded last week because I would have been way more like ah than I am right now I don't think that's the case anymore and again, credit to him for the class act that he is because within minutes of this pick, Carson's retweeting the Eagles official whatever. Hey, with the 53rd pick, we picked Jalen Hurts with the caption of, you know, welcome to the best football city in America, brother, with a little eagle emoji. That just shows you the type of guy he is. You know what I mean? But if I'm Wentz, man, I'm looking at it and I'm going, hold on. Hold on here. So... We made it to the Super Bowl. I got injured, torn ACL. Backup quarterback wins the Super Bowl. You build a statue outside the arena, or the arena. You build a statue outside Lincoln Financial Field, the link, 
of the backup quarterback in the Philly special statue. I've got to walk past that shit every day on my way to work. I get injured again the following year. Foles comes in. He does his thing. Alshon Jeffrey drops a pass against the Saints in the divisional round. You know the deal. This was, this was Carson Wentz's year to grab this team by the balls, lead it, and say to everybody, all the doubters, this is my fucking team. This is my locker room. And he did just that. He took a team that was decimated, again, at injuries at receiver. No need to run through it all. But when your best receiver on the field is Greg Ward Jr. and you go undefeated in December, win the division, come on, man. He earned the respect of that locker room. He earned whatever doubters, whatever all the all the morons out there had to say of, well, he can't stay healthy, he's not the most accurate, blah, blah, blah. Anything you had to say about him, Carson Wentz took a shit on everybody with that run he went on in December. Grab this team back. This is mine. This is 11's team now. And you go and you repay him by taking a quarterback in the second round, another quarterback. And I'm sitting there going, fuck, man. What, like, how does he feel? And that's when he sends a tweet out. Welcome to the best city in America, brother. Jalen Hurts. Now, look, that clearly shows the time. I mean, again, if you're – because you can look at it two ways. The way I just said – or you could look at it and say – and, again, <laughs> consider that I was about seven Jack and Cokes in when this pick was made. So, rational thought wasn't the first one that came to mind. Never is when you're consuming So you can either have that outlook or you can look at it and say, okay, I'm a competitor here. I've done this shit before. I got this. This is my fucking team. And I still very much believe that it is Carson Wentz's team. And furthermore, if you're Jalen Hurts, if you're Jalen Hurts, are you thrilled to be drafted into this situation? Because you're probably sitting there hoping that a team like You know, I reference Pittsburgh. Big Ben is old as fuck, okay, and not in the best shape. He looks like me, (laughs) and he's had some injuries. He's not going to be hanging around a lot longer. You're hoping that a team like Pittsburgh is going to take you, maybe a Jacksonville. You know what I mean? Who's another team that needs a quarterback? I, you know, Tampa maybe because Brady's not going to be sticking around for another 21 years. Fuck, I hope not. (laughs) You're hoping that you go to a team where you're going to have a chance to take over the locker room and be a starter. You're Jalen Hurts. You would overcome what you dealt with at Alabama. Went to Oklahoma. You took that team to the playoffs. He's a good kid. I'm not shitting on Jalen Hurts. I have nothing against him. I hate the pick. He didn't pick himself. (laughs) If he did, he probably wouldn't have been a fucking eagle. And I don't blame him. Because when you have the college career that Jalen Hurts did, you should have some sort of opportunity to step in to an NFL locker room and compete for the starting job. He's not going to have that here. He's going to be sitting behind Wentz, but because it is Philly and it is the the media up there, the way it is and the fan base is as aggressive and it's sometimes mindless as it can be. Guys like EDP all over YouTube that just bitch incessantly about anything just to get fucking views. The moment that Wentz starts to struggle, you already know what this is going to be. And again, the knock I will give you on my guy, the knock I will give you on 11 is that he is not the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I will grant you that. So when he's out here and he's sailing, you know, screen passes over Miles Sanders' head in week three, 
You know, fucking people at the link going to start chanting for Hertz? I hope not. But that's pressure. You're now you're now allowing that situation to be a possibility. And this is a guy in Wentz that already has a tendency to try to make too much happen. That's the other knock I will give him. He won't. He doesn't just take what the defense gives you. And that's when you see the boneheaded, stupid shit that people knock him for. Take the bailout route. Take the little three yards on second and nine. Live to play another day. Let it be third and six. Don't always go for the kill shot. And I love that aggressive mentality with Carson. I do. It's part of what makes him him and what makes him fit into this city and this fan base like a fucking glove. But again, that's one of the aspects of his game is that he tries to force shit. He tries to make too much happen at times. Still, in, it, all that said, incredibly one of the best touchdown-to-interception ratios in the league. He's up there with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Don't believe me? Check it. For a guy that's got the the guy that forces a lot of times to not have more picks than he does, it just shows you the level of quarterback that he is. But again, you're now allowing that opportunity potentially to happen to the guy that you're sitting here if you're Howie Roseman and saying, we're behind. We're behind him 100% in Carson Wentz. He says, I think we've proven that we're 100% behind Carson Wentz. You think you've proven that? You fucking took a quarterback in the second round. I would argue you kind of haven't proven that. Sure, you paid him. Absolutely. But are we really going to turn into one of these gimmicky teams now? Again, watching the Saints, man, that Taysom Hill thing drives me fucking nuts. And I get it at work sometimes, man. But there's also a lot of times where it's a waste of a fucking play on second and eight. You know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, at the end of the day, I guess it's all a gamble. And realistically, if Howie Roseman thinks that this makes the team better, Okay, fine. Again, I would have gone the route of immediate need when this team is in the situation that it's in and it's close to getting back and the window is still there to get them back. I would do everything I could to put everything you can around 11 and on the defensive side of the ball to get 11 there, to get him on the big stage. Not on the sideline. You know, just looking around the draft, it it was (coughs) – You look at John Elway, and I don't think John Elway's historically been a great GM. I don't at all. Paxton Lynch? Come on. You know, how many first-round buses? he? I mean, he looks like the logo of the team that he is a general manager for, so I guess there's a fit there, and he's a legend, obviously, in that city. Yeah, but he's got a second-year quarterback in Drew Locke, who I like a lot. And how did he help him? You already got Cortland Sutton there. John Elway helps his young quarterback, Drew Locke, by not only in addition to Cortland Sutton, who he's already got, he adds Jerry Judy in the first round and K.J. Hamler out of Penn State in the second round. Double down, first round, second round, boom, boom, receiver. I'm giving my young quarterback targets. Even fucking Dallas. <laughs> Although they've now they've gone and brought Andy Dalton in, and the conspiracy theories on that are hilarious. And I'm not in the business of giving Dallas credit on shit, but I, I tell it like it is, man. Dallas was hoping to, if you're the Cowboys, you're hoping for like a Kinlaw or a Caleb on chase on or, or a, a corner. You're, you, you wanted to address defense at 17. Cowboys notoriously draft for need in the first round. Yet C.D. Lamb falls in their lap. And even Plastic Man Jerry Jones, Plastic Face, goes, well, fuck, I can't pass this up. 
and he takes CeeDee Lamb for Dak or fucking Andy Dalton or whoever ends up being the quarterback in Dallas. How he gives uh how he gives Carson <laughs> Jalen Hurts. And again, I'm not saying Jerry Jones is better at building a roster than Howie Roseman because he is not. I am a, an adamant Howie Roseman defender. Go look at the first episode title of, of this podcast and Howie I Trust. Love the guy. Love the guy. One can argue he's the MVP of this franchise in many, many ways. The argument can be made, but this pick was fucking brainless. Again, if you're what, – what, what I don't understand is, and I think I was probably higher on, on Lynn Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky than most people, say for Mike Mayock. You know, but he was he was project he was about a third round guy. I I was thinking he would be off the board before the end of night two. If that's the element that you wanted, and again, Hertz is a better pure quarterback than Lynn Bowden is. Lynn Bowden's not even supposed to be a quarterback. He was because Terry Wilson, Kentucky starter, goes down. You know, second week of the season, I believe. Then it was Sawyer Smith, their backup, I think, went down against Florida. So they had to have somebody play quarterback. And that's when Lynn Bowden stepped in. His natural position is receiver, you know, running back kind of somewhat out of the backfield a little bit, maybe gadget guy. He's similar to Taysom Hill. Great in space. If that's what you wanted, why not trade back maybe a little bit in the second round, get you an extra couple picks, and again, those moves ended up being made on day three because Howie Roseman entered this draft with eight picks, left with ten. Give him credit for that and added a fifth-rounder next year. I would have rather, if you want that Taysom Hill, Hill element, trade back, get extra picks, take Lynn Bowden. You have no perceived threat now. Again, perceived threat to Carson Wentz. And again, not arguing the fact that Jalen Hurts is a better pure passer than Lynn Bowden because he is 100%. I just would have gone that route if that's what I had on my brain. Okay, I can get better value later on. Similar skill set maybe, not have a hemorrhoid up 11's ass, and I can add another pick here. That's what I would have done. Personally, I mean, again, you look at it, the linebacking core and secondary needed more attention. You know what I mean? And, and again, they got addressed later on in the draft, but it would have been nice to have maybe a day two pick. Aside from Davion Taylor, you know, second round, take you a Christian Fulton, a Jeremy Chin, who was supposed to be the pick. Somebody like that, man, add, add help to that secondary, add depth, if anything. Because now, it, 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 to even get value from the Jalen Hurt pick, you almost have to play him fucking everywhere on the offense. You'd have to play him at halfback, fullback. <laughs> like, it, you know, it's 2000 football, receiver, tight end, put his ass on the O-line. Obviously, I jest about the O-line, but you get my point. If, if you want to get value for that second-round pick, you you, you kind of got to figure out something for him. Otherwise, you just pissed away a second-round pick. And then it's Sidney Jones all over again. But at least Sidney Jones, while not great and not living up to what he was billed as and what he was supposed to be and what we all expected him to be coming out of Washington as a second-round pick when he blew his ACL his pro day and his draft stock fell a little bit, it, 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 at least he's... He's still a corner. Is the bet? He still plays his position. He's not fucking with anybody else. With the leader of the team, and I just think that's a fragile. 
I wouldn't want to put too much more. I'd want to give Wentz personally all the support I could, not just privately, but publicly. This is our quarterback. You know, again, they they Howie Roseman came out, him and Doug Peterson both, and said, we talked to Carson about this. And he said he was on board with it. And he came out and gave his public support immediately, quicker than Aaron Rodgers did. Again, Wentz is a hell of a guy, man. Great leader. You know, man of faith. Not not really my thing, but it's his thing. You know? So it's one of those things. You know, it's one of those deals for the for the people that like those kind of things. That's the kind of things those people like. You know? It's just it shows his character, the fact that he came out and backed him so well. I just wish that more immediate needs would have been addressed with that pick because it was a high pick. You know what I mean? This is, to me, it's like, okay, maybe, like Buffalo did in the fifth round, you take Jake Fromm. That's where you go back up when you still have a guy that you're sold on as your starter. Well, maybe I'll take the value guy here, Jacob Eason, Indianapolis. Second round's really fucking high. But again, if you look at it, I mean, Kevin Cobb, back in the day with McNabb, this is not a foreign concept. Nick Foles went in the third round. We had Vic. Thank God. I'm not a big Michael Vic guy. You know what I mean? So this is not necessarily a foreign thing from this team. It's just not something in this spot with the current roster construction, with the value, what was there at 53, how close this team is and how good 11 is that I expected to make. What was your thoughts? Were you as pissed off as I was? I don't really probably sound that way now. I promise you nine, ten days ago, I was about to go on YouTube. I would have been like the Caucasian EDP. Um, not not happy at all was your boy. You know, not happy at all. So let me know. What do you think about the Jalen Hurts pick? Has your stance calmed a little bit in the last nine, ten days? You know what I mean? How do you feel about it? Genuinely, hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram. Now, what I'm going to do uh, next week, we're going to start, uh, I'm going to start dropping uh, new episodes are going to be released every Monday uh, from now on. And what I'm going to do next week, I'm putting together, uh, this is kind of like a selfish exercise, I guess you could say. Uh, it actually came to me on the toilet at work. So there you go, TM. I'm sure that's exactly what everybody wanted to fucking hear. But just kind of looking over the draft board and and putting together, you know, going back, and I was inspired by looking at who was there when Jalen Hurts was still on the clock. And so I wanted to go back, and I wanted to take the 10 picks. I'm not going to go redo the entire, do all the trades again myself and everything of that nature. I'm going to take the 10 picks that Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman had. Again, had eight, acquired two more, left with 10. I'm going to take those 10 picks next week, and I'm going to go through a draft each and every slot, and I'm going to give you who was on my big board at the time and who I would have gone with. And again, this is – I don't know if anybody else will get into it. I hope. If you're a draft nerd, you'll probably like it. You know what I mean? But I want to see how it differs from what Howie Roseman actually did. Because if you're like me, when you're watching your team make picks, when you're watching the Eagles make picks, or whoever your team is, you kind of have a couple guys in your head that you want – at that spot and that's exactly what I was going through every single pick it didn't matter if it was you know the 53rd pick the Jalen Hurts pick 103rd overall with Davion Taylor in the third round or you know all the way down to you know 
Prince Tegawanogo at 210th overall. There's always somebody you want, at least if you're locked in. And again, I watched a lot of tape this year because coronavirus has taken fucking hockey playoffs away from me and everything else. So I'm watching even more tape than usual or did watch leading into this draft. So I was more prepared for this year's draft than any other draft before. And, and it was awesome. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to put together for next Monday's show who I would have taken, my big board, what my draft would have looked like versus Howie Roseman's. And, you know, again, he's way more credentialed than I am. But I just thought it would be a cool exercise. One last thing to finally put this draft, uh, 2020 NFL draft, to bed here uh, in terms of specific shows going forward into hopefully, you know, Hopefully, actually having a fucking 2020 football season. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So, hit me up on Instagram at Greasepole Podcast. Let me know what you think of Jalen Hurts. Uh, looking forward to next Monday's show. I've already kind of started putting everything together, and uh, I think it's I think it's gonna be fun, man. At least I'm excited for it. Hopefully, you two are. You are too, I should say, as well. So, this has been episode four. Episode five next week will be uh, my draft versus Howie Roseman's. Hit me up on Instagram, as always, at Grease Pole Podcast. Thanks for listening. As always, go birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another Grease Pole night in Philly. 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 Philly.